Hello and welcome to the Currency Exchange, Natless Markets FI podcast. We try to break down the major themes and events driving currency markets in this week and the weeks ahead. Today I'm joined by our head G10 FX strategy for the US, Brian Dangerfield. At the moment, it feels like markets are really lacking conviction over the broad US dollar direction. And we are facing a big week where we've got some big US data and a Fed decision, which has been very eagerly awaited by markets. But we've just had the re-emergent of US banking sector concerns. Ryan, what is this, what challenge is the Fed facing this week and how are they going to weigh up these different factors? Well, thanks very much, Emer. Um, as you mentioned, uh, banking sector stress has uh, come back a little bit uh, in the past week, um, though I think it's fair to say that um, the more near-term stress that we have seen has been a bit more idiosyncratic, focused on one institution in particular, and the fears about systemic spread um, of contagion within the U.S. banking sector as a whole, let alone the global banking sector, which was a big fear back in March. Those concerns seem to be a little bit less um, in this most recent, in these most recent developments where we've seen some renewed stress. And I think that's something that's good news from a near-term perspective. Now, this is going to be a, a rapidly evolving um, picture. Uh, there's certainly the possibility that things can change very quickly. So never want to say that we're through the worst uh, in any way um, uh, with any sort of definitiveness, but um, it does feel that the market is taking this with a bit more idiosyncratic uh, rather than the bigger fear of the systemic risk. And so when you think about the Fed for next week, as you mentioned, banking sector stress back in March nearly led the FOMB to opt not to hike the policy rate at their last meeting. Uh, and you come into the meeting next week with a similar condition where it looks like the market is giving the Fed a bit of a green light to hike the policy rate by 25 basis points at its meeting next week. That's come down a little bit um, in light of some of the stress that we've seen in the U.S. banking sector, but it still feels like the market is giving the Fed kind of the uh, giving the Fed the go-ahead uh, to hike the policy rate by 25 basis points. But we continue to think that there's a compelling case for the Fed to pause here. And we're not thinking as much about near-term risks from the credit channel, but we're thinking more about the medium-term risks, that the point of the Fed hiking the policy rate is to put downward pressure um, on inflation via a tightening of financial conditions. Um, and there's multiple ways for financial conditions to tighten. And one of those ways could come through the banking sector, whether that be lower availability of credit, uh, banks becoming a little bit more risk averse in, uh, in extending credit, um, and also an increase in the price of obtaining credit. And all of those, I think, are things that we're going to continue to see over the months ahead as a medium term result of some of the banking stress that we have seen. So from a near term perspective, um, there's some important differences, I think, in terms of the way the market is interpreting some of this recent stress. Uh, but we do think that the medium term continues to point towards um, weakness in economic growth and tightening of conditions coming from the credit channel. So we think there's still a compelling case for the Fed to pause its tightening cycle at the meeting next week. Certainly the, the market is giving the Fed to go ahead to hike. I don't think anyone would be surprised if they take that option. Policy rate by 25 basis points. But we do think that the more medium term picture for the Fed is that the tightening cycle is close to over, if not effectively over at this point. And that's very significant for the dollar. Yeah, and I guess the big thing is, what does that mean for the dollar? I mean, 25 basis points or nearly 25 basis points priced in against our expectation that they'll actually hold. So for the dollar, I think it's, as you mentioned, you know, the difference between a 25 basis point hike or a hold at this case, at this meeting, 
uh, doesn't feel particularly important to us. I think the bigger question for the dollar is that medium term picture is the overall trajectory of the Fed cycle. Now, if the Fed does go the 25 basis points, that would lift the policy rate to the range that the median member had projected the Fed funds rate at the end of 2023. So if you think back to the dot plot at the March meeting, the median FOMC participant judged the policy rate to end 2023 between five, five and a quarter percent. So if the Fed does hike at its meeting next week, the 25 basis points, which is priced in the market, that would mean that the policy rate now matches the level where the Fed's sort of median member, where a majority of the Fed felt that the Fed would uh, hold the policy rate through the end of this year. So that creates an important signaling moment for the Fed next week, where if they go ahead with a that puts them in the range of sufficiently restrictive that the Fed had previously signaled was a level that most members felt that they were likely to be able to consider a pause. So from that perspective, the guidance is going to be very important. Now, I don't think the Fed's going to close the door on the possibility of additional tightening anytime soon. But there are the concerns around credit sector, uh, credit tightening coming through the channel uh, in the months ahead. That was something the Fed expressed at their last meeting as well. I think that continues to be expressed here. And I think there's clearly a risk here that we get what you would call a dovish hike from the Fed, which is they hike the policy rate by 25 basis points. But the messaging around that starts to lean more clearly into the possibility that they might be approaching the end of the cycle and it might fully be done. So from a dollar perspective, we think that is very important from the perspective of U.S. economic outperformance, Federal Reserve, uh, aggressive tightening were two of the main drivers of dollar strength throughout 2022. And those continue to ebb here with U.S. growth facing, we think, unique downside risks from credit tightening relative to other economies given the uh, sort of localization of banking sector stress here in the U.S., but also you have the um, the Fed cycle being impacted this uh, by these developments much more clearly. And so we do think that dollar risks do continue to lean to the downside. We're looking less at the specific decision for the Fed next week as we are about the overall signaling. We think the overall signaling is going to continue to point in the dovish direction, uh, and that is a headwind for the dollar and I guess next week promises not to be boring because we also have the European Central Bank decision. And it feels like markets are pretty much split between 25 or 50 basis points. What data do you think really informs that decision, whether it is 25 or 50? So you're right, Emer. The market is very split. And it seems like the ECB themselves are a bit split uh, because they are still awaiting some very important data that we're going to get on, on Tuesday ahead of their decision next Thursday. So specifically the April preliminary CPI, uh, which we know is a measure that all central banks are watching. The latest update on CPI is going to be a very important input. I don't think that's particularly uh, surprising to hear that that's going to be an important input. The other one to watch is EPB's bank lending survey also comes out on that day. And the reason this is important is because this is going to give the ECB a measure of whether the same type of credit tightening, the kind of stress that we expect uh, in the U.S., the credit tightening channel to uh, put downward pressure on inflation, which we inspect, expect in the U.S., whether that same impulse is being felt in Europe, and if it is, how intense is that? And so I think the ECB is going to be looking at these two measures extremely closely. Um, the chief economist of the ECB, Lane, he spoke a few weeks ago and effectively mentioned the bank lending survey as well. So we know some of the very high-level members of the ECB are very closely watching this. And it seems like the ECB may not have made their final decision either. No, we lean towards 25 basis points rather than 50 basis points. But if these data come in stronger, 
that could push them towards uh, a rate hike, uh, a larger rate hike at that meeting. But for the euro, uh, we think that think about the difference in the way that the Fed, we're talking about the Fed versus the ECB, where the ECB we're talking about a hike is extremely likely. We're thinking about the increment, the possibility that they have to stay aggressive as compared to the Fed, where we're talking about the possibility of them being able to signal pause guidance. And now that reflects in some senses the fact that the US policy rate has moved much higher, much faster than the ECB. But there's other uh, tailwinds for the euro that we think are important as well, whether it come from relative growth and relative relative interest rates. You know, relative interest rates, if you look at German versus two-year US yields, for example, uh, those are suggesting euro dollars should be higher. And you know something I'll echo Paul Robson, who's been speaking on this podcast a lot about the bullish case for euro dollar, it's worth repeating here that relative growth expectations between the US and the rest of the world have been a very good driver, a, a good sort of proxy for euro dollar um, over the last couple of years. And what you've seen is as US expectations have come down, global growth expectations have recovered, even in Europe where uh, expectations were very pessimistic coming into the winter, those have improved a lot. So we think the case for euro dollar higher uh, remains compelling uh, through next week's pretty important, not just economic data, but also central bank decisions. So, Ibra, I do want to turn it back to you here and ask you about emerging markets through this, because as we've seen banking sector stress in the U.S. has reemerged in some ways, um, you've also had the possibility that uh, some central banks in emerging markets may react to this uh, by cutting their ultra-high policy rates. But I think it's fair to say we haven't really seen that in the way that the market has been expecting. What are you thinking about emerging markets as the dollar outlook has appeared to become a little bit more clouded? Uh, and banking sector stress has shown some signs of emerging. Yeah, we've definitely got kind of more investor hesitance when it comes to coming back into emerging markets. You know, that kind of bull rush from the China reopening kind of faded out pretty fast. And there is that lack of conviction in the US dollar. But what I do think is really interesting is that investors are willing to take the risk in emerging markets, but they want to be paid for it. So they won't carry. You know, as we alluded to, we saw, you know, Hungary Central Bank really coming out this week and say yeah, they were going to be one of the first emerging market central banks to cut interest rates. They were going to do it when inflation is at 25.2%. They didn't do it just yet, but they laid the groundwork for a cut that's coming. The investors kind of pulled right back in to half, and they did so because it offers them significant carries. They get yeah, a return for those risks that they're taking. So I do think, you know, investors, uh, you know, especially when it comes to local currency bonds are underexposed to EM. So they want to allocate, they want to allocate where yield is high. And for a number of emerging markets, because policy rates are historically high, it doesn't make sense for them to FFH. So for us, you know, we are seeing um, significant opportunities in a lot of them. Um, I know my colleagues like uh, Brazilian Real, he likes Max. Uh, within my region, uh, we are seeing um, kind of a rotation of inflows. She uh, into Poland, she's been kind of an underperformer, and we still think you know, the Czech Republic can do well and offers you a significant carry, but also has a backstop uh, for the currency. So I would say you know this isn't the sugar rush in DEM that perhaps we may have expected at the start of the year, but there's still opportunities there. Um, and investors definitely want to be rewarded for those risks. I think that's the big differentiator right now. Well, guys, that is about all we have time for for this week. Brian, thank you so much for joining and for running us through all those different risk events in the week ahead. 
If you did like the podcast, please let us know by clicking like and be sure to subscribe so you can get the next episode first. Thanks again.